on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica Row, now heard on 96.5 FM, thrilled to be there, hope you guys are enjoying us back on the FM side, down down the true way there, in eastern New York, uh, sorry to say you guys are going to get hit with more snow than we are here in central New York, don't get me wrong, we're going to have Looks like four or five inches in the greater Syracuse area, but they said uh, greater snow accumulations heading east. So get ready for that, Utica, and then we'll sit in the polar plunge for the next few days. Though not as cold as our friends in Chicago, where there is minus 15 and 20 degree temperatures, and that's not even saying wind chill. That's like how cold it is. So we'll pray for our friends in Chicago, certainly, but uh, we've been there and done that, but not even that cold. Goodness gracious. There'll be Canada goose coats everywhere. So, Utica, if you're listening on 96.5, that's cool. But if you're listening here or there or in warmer locales, wherever you are, you can take us with you on the ESPN app. If you have the app, there's a listen tab right there where you can find ESPN Syracuse. You can find ESPN Utica Rome. So you can keep up with what's happening here. You can call in. You can participate. You can just listen. You can, no matter where you are, in the great world. We live in today. We like to go places. Take us with you, especially if it's warmer these days, via the ESPN app. I hear from people all the time that listen via the app. They like to stay in touch. They're all over the country. They're different places, but they like to get that feel of what's happening here in central New York sports-wise. So we are glad to provide that. Here's how you get in touch with the show today. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter, where the show never stops. You can uh, text the show as well. Always welcome to do that, too. Got your face in your phone. You might as well fire us off a hot take or two, right? That's hot. Sure is. 288-0644 is the On the Block text line to get in touch. We have two guests that will join us today. One is right here in this hour of the program. I want to go around the ACC a little bit. Syracuse certainly deep into ACC play, and we're paying so much attention to what ACC games mean in terms of quad rankings and net rankings and what this game's going to mean. The ACC is certainly always important, but when you add in what the net rankings and the quad rankings are and as closely as we have watched NCAA tournament projections through the years, we're very aware 
fan base, of where they stand on these things. So I want to go around the ACC a little bit and get a sense of what's ahead for Syracuse. Directly ahead is Boston College tomorrow night, where for entertainment purposes only, Syracuse is listed as a three-point favorite. Boston College is getting healthier in certain ways. That's a team you certainly need to beat, need to manage on the road, as we'll discuss here. But we're going to check in with our friend Joe Giglio. Always great to talk ACC with Joe. He writes for the News and Observer in Raleigh and covers football really well, covers the world of the ACC basketball really well, and we like to circle back with Joe and just kind of check in on the league. There's certainly some obvious things to discuss, how good Duke is, how good Virginia is, but we want to see where Syracuse fits in this whole picture, how the net rankings and the quad rankings apply to the ACC this year, and you know how much easier it is, question mark, to forecast how a team can navigate through such a tough league and where they'll stand when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So Joe will join us later this hour. We are going to circle back with our friend Mike McAllister from CuseNation.com. He's going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour because there's been a couple of big football recruiting commitments. A quarterback comes to Syracuse, commits a player on the defensive side, once committed to Miami, Mark Rick leaves Miami, he visits Syracuse and commits. So the football team has been on a nice run here of getting players who are committed elsewhere. The quarterback that they landed, David Summers, was at one time a Maryland commit. He flips to Syracuse. It's a position of need. Now you got a great defensive prospect to flip, and we're getting closer to that second signing day. So we'll check in with Mike on all things recruiting, talk some hoops with him as well. We'll go on the blind side, presented by our friends at Burdick Toyota. Later in the show, we'll do some hot takes, as usual. We'll play our new favorite button. I have an announcement to make, and it's very important, yes, and I'm going to say this to America right now. Yeah, thank you, Stephen A., and that important announcement is that we have a new Stephen A. button. So at any time throughout the show, no matter what we are discussing, Stephen A. Smith just may want to chime in. I think. Just fair warning. I'm a chicken. I'm quack, quack, quacking. Thank you very much. That's uh, our friend Stephen A. Smith, the spirit animal of the Syracuse football team. Syracuse and BC tomorrow. And as mentioned, we'll have Joe on coming up here in about 10, 15 minutes or so. And we'll kind of look around the ACC, where Syracuse stands there, what's up ahead, and just kind of get the latest on ACC basketball. But Boston College right now is a team you've certainly got to get a win over. They're 2 and 4 in league play, they're 11 and 7 overall. As it stands, they're a quad 2 win on the road. You get a little bit more credit by beating these teams on the road. So that's a quad 2 win tomorrow that you want to take care of business on. But it's interesting what's happening with Boston College as my friend Chris Carlson writes here on syracuse.com today. They have two ACC wins that have come as one of their best rebounders and interior defenders, kind of highlight that word, Stephen Mitchell, and its best shooter, Jordan Chapman, have become more effective after dealing with injuries in the first half of the season. As Chris notes here, Chapman is averaging 13.4 points and leads the Eagles by shooting 37% from three-point range. In his last three games, he's been averaging 19 points per game, making 64% of his three-point tries. 
Now, I don't think that he's going to come out and do what Robinson did for Virginia Tech and drop 35 points, seven of nine three-pointers coming in the first half. But it's something to keep an eye on. Kai Bowman is still there for Boston College. They're kind of do-it-all point guard. He's at 20 points per game, eight rebounds per game, just under four assists per game. Nick Popovic in the middle, 14 points, eight rebounds. Now, they're hoping, as Chris notes here, to get back Boston College Winston Tabbs, their shooting guard, he missed a close call game against Boston College with a knee injury. He's tied for second on the team, averaging 14 points per game. So this looks like a tough little road swing for Syracuse. Not that Saturday didn't fit that description, but the big difference is it's not as intimidating an environment to go into. I mean, Virginia Tech, the crowd's right on top of you, but Buzz Williams provides a sixth player for Virginia Tech on the floor. And what happened was Robinson came out and just started draining threes. Syracuse could not penetrate, get that interior game going other than O'Shea Brissett. And, you know, they never led in that game. So that was, as we kind of discussed on yesterday's show, a it's-going-to-happen-take-the-L kind of game. Boston College is a little more important in that you don't want to slip on that banana peel. You got Pittsburgh after that on the road. Another manageable, beatable team, and I can say that because they've beaten Pittsburgh before. But again, things are different on the road. It's interesting that those two players are getting better because you have a Robinson-like situation potentially if you don't guard him from the three-point line. Syracuse had nine three-pointers against Virginia Tech, but I don't think anybody would say they shot well from three-point range in that game. They were 32% after shooting 44% from three-point range in three straight games. The interior play is improving for BC, but so is the interior play, at least on one aspect for Syracuse from O'Shea Brissett. So what you want to see carry over from one game to the next is certainly that. Did O'Shea find something, a confidence to finish at the rim, lanes to get through? And if you can do that against a tougher defense in a tougher environment, then Boston College would certainly provide the opportunity to take a step forward for him. I am one that's willing to bet that Tyus Battle is not going to have a third straight game where he only scores 10 points. And I can't say that because you know that's a guy that averages about 18 points per game, and if he's scoring 20 in two straight games, he's certainly not at the same level you expect him to be. Elijah Hughes has been the most consistent player on this team, but Virginia Tech really honed in on him, focused him, harassed him, and made it harder for him to get open and do what he does. He only scored six points in that game. I don't think Boston College, while they will certainly, as other teams have, focus on him, I think he can have success there. This would seem to be a bounce-back opportunity for Pascal Chukwu, Barama Sidibe, or Marek Doljai, or a combination of those three in some way. Certainly Pascal. Now, we mentioned a couple players inside that are getting better for Boston College, but Certainly not as effective, certainly not as intimidating, certainly not as, how can I put, they don't swarm you like Virginia Tech does. As Chris notes, Boston College ranks outside the top 100 in adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency, according to Ken Pomeroy. Okay, Now, numbers are not everything, but that's not a good situation to be in when you're outside the top 100 in both of those scenarios. So it seems the window is open for Syracuse to bounce back tomorrow against Boston College. That is once again an 8 o'clock game, keep in mind. Second of three straight on the road. So where does Syracuse kind of fit in this ACC picture? 
that they find themselves in. We're going to talk to Joe Giglio about that coming up. Duke is 7-1, and one, Virginia, Louisville, and Carolina all with one loss in the ACC. Virginia Tech and Syracuse now nodded at 5-2 and two after the Hokies beat them. NC State hanging on the fringe there at 4-3. and three. They're 16-4 and four overall, though. Florida State, surprisingly still in the top 25 at 15-5 and five and 3-4. and four. I kind of raised an eyebrow on that one, but they've got a losing record in the ACC. And then you kind of get to that second half. Now, one of these teams beat Syracuse, Georgia Tech. Boston College is next. Then there's Pittsburgh, who you go to on Saturday. Clemson, Miami, Wake Forest, Notre Dame all at the bottom of the league, and I wanted to bring that up because there's a couple of wins that Syracuse has at the bottom of the league. Now, you got to take care of business in those games. You don't want to you know, slip on the proverbial banana peel there, but you beat Miami. They're 1-6 and six in league play. You beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame has just fallen off the map this year, 11-10, and 1-7 overall. So what's going to happen is where do those end up in your quad rankings? There's plenty of quad one wins ahead for Syracuse, and Joe will kind of help us map that out and look ahead in the ACC coming up. So we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to Mike McAllister joining us. We'll go on the blind side later, do some hot takes. A lot to do on this Tuesday afternoon as we get ready for more snowfall, more cold. It's winter in central New York, believe it or not. I had, I was out somewhere today, and somebody's like, wow, it's February already. And I said, yes, let's let's keep the quick pace going on the winter months here. But that also means flip that calendar to February and you start looking at what's ahead, how many games are on the schedule, where you stand in NCAA tournament play. There was a, and I want to go over this a little bit later on in the show, but there is one projection and these projections never end up matching the teams you think they're going to. But let's just say there's a very interesting NCAA tournament projection out there that I wonder if you want to see. Because I know I do, but I'm not sure the, you know, the, I wonder how the fan base feels about it. This is more of a, a media person that appreciates matchups and storylines would like this better than maybe the fans would. So we'll get to that later in the show. Set the phones a little bit before we take a break at 437-7644. Brent Dax Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644 if you'd like to participate. We got Steve. Now, I'm told this is a different Steve than the normal Steve in North Syracuse who we all know. So, different Steve. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Different Steve. Good afternoon, How sir. Are How are you? you? I'm great. What's happening? Hey, Brent, earlier this summer, maybe it was late summer, it was announced uh, that Eric Devendorf was taking a position, I believe, with Detroit Mercy or the University of Detroit. That's right. And I, I, I was sad to see him go on a couple levels. Number one, I think he's a great guy, great mentor for these guys in terms of development, player skill development. Uh, and number two, I think he could be a really effective recruiter from us, for us. And hadn't heard a lot talked about it. And just wondering if you have any insight into that or if, you know, Coach Bayheim could have potentially created a spot for him. Because I think he was like, a, like an assistant strength coach, if right. I remember it right. But right. I, I, I never heard it talked about, and I thought it was kind of a loss for the program, and I just didn't know if you had heard anything. Well, I, I would encourage you. There was a recent article that uh, Matthew Gutierrez wrote in the Daily Orange. He caught up with Devo and had a conversation about why, in fact, he took this job. He's at Detroit Mercy now. So I would look that up. It's a great article. But basically, this was an opportunity for him to go up the coaching ladder where he really couldn't do that here. You mentioned you kind of create a position for somebody. 
They already did that, and, you know, whose spot would he take? Because you've got a full bench of of Autry, of Jerry McNamara, of Alan Griffin, so you couldn't slide him in there. And it was a matter for him, and I know it was a tough choice for him because his family's still back here, Steve, and he's in Detroit where he's got a lot of roots, and, you know, he's certainly, you know, connected to Michigan. But I would go read that article, because, and thanks for the call and the thoughts there, because it's not an easy thing for Devo. But it was a step up the coaching ladder for him that Syracuse just didn't have for him at this point. Not to say he can't come back down the road and he's managing life there versus a family that's still here. But I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, there there's no bigger advocate for the program than hit. I think he'd be great. Just sometimes you don't have enough spots on the bench. Let's bring in our man. See how the stock market did on a Tuesday. We gave him a homework assignment, too, for this week. So we'll see if uh, the stock market was affected at all by the proceedings at Super Bowl 53. Lee Baldwin is here, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Lee. Hello, Brian. I'm working on my assignment. That's good to know. What day is it due? I would say it's due when you notice one way or the other if it affects it at all. How about that? (laughs) Okay. It's due when it's due. It's a very flexible assignment from your professor. (laughs) Uh, well, thank you, Prof. Uh, <laughs> stocks were mixed today. Uh, we did have a diamond, though. Local favorite, Corning, was up almost uh, 11%. Nice. Yeah, it's all about the 5G. The 5G? The 5G. Is that the next thing? That's the next thing where it's... you get to buy more phones. Oh, and... of course. Of course. I'm so. in. Let's go. Well, they're up, so people must be buying it, right? Exactly. And our dog is a hog, Harley, down five percent today on earnings. So wow, um, yeah. I uh, I Harley's wonder, had a tough go recently. I you know I'll, I'll I'll give you a little insight. Now this is a couple of years ago, but I was once a Harley owner. I sold it. Oh really? I got out. Yeah, I got out. I wasn't happy with it. So I've just I've got this picture of you and Chaps right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the least. The last person you'd think of with Harleys and and motorcycles and tattoos and that whole thing. Yeah, I I was in for a while, but I got out. I sold it. I was happy with that decision. All right. Lee, thank you so much, my friend. All right. Thanks, Brett. Talk to you soon. Now, you don't want to picture me in chaps, that's for sure. That's Lee Baldwin, LeeBaldwin.com, or stop in. They've got offices in Manlius, Casanova, Utica, so you get more of diamonds than dogs on your portfolio. If you have a question, you want to come in and say, I want to sell this. Where do I go? What do I do? My friends at Lee Baldwin and company can help you out. We will break on that note. We're going to sort through the ACC. Whose stock is up and down there? Joe Giglio from the News and Observer joins us next here on The Block ESPN Radio. This is On The Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on The Block ESPN Radio. Seth Goldberg's here. And do the blind side coming up, presented by our friends at Burdick Toyota. We are just talking during the break, though, because uh, fun announcement today. You heard uh, Seth mention in the update. The basketball tournament will be here in Syracuse this summer. Of course, Bayheim's Army, and they are still trying to uh, complete the quest for $2 million. Haven't won the tournament yet, but uh, they will be a host site this summer. So that's coming uh, in July, and we're bantering back some players that uh, might be available. I think Kevin Belby's crew, like Carmelo Anthony, maybe, Michael Carter-Williams, Malachi Richardson. Has Jerry still got some eligibility? I shouldn't say eligibility. Does he have... uh, 
I think he could. I I've seen Jerry uh, look, shooting at the Mellow Center. Yeah. He's still got game. Like, I mean, yeah. He's, is he in shape? Is he in basketball? He's shape? still got game. I mean, he's. Definitely. Yeah. Look, you don't need him to do much. Just be the spot up shooter. Just don't do anything else. Just be spot up three point shooter. I think that this is gonna. I'm, I'm gonna push him. I think next time he's on our show, we're gonna ask him. I think you should. Uh, we're gonna start the campaign by bringing it right to Jerry Mack. Belby, we got you. Because we got to win we'll that recruit. two million this year. We'll recruit for him. I want to see Jim Beheim go to one of these games, watch his former players, but not be able to coach them. Just kind of Goodness. sit there and watch. What do you think would be going through his head? Oh, just. I don't think you can keep him off the court. I wish this guy would be this was this good when he was here. Like what do you like how quickly Special how broadcast. quickly would it be how quickly would would that be one of the thoughts that he has? I wish that guy was this good when he played for me. Pretty much. I think right away. I think we need Jim on the air doing yeah, these games with us. I think just, so. just for that very thought right there. So a cool thing there. We'll see uh, how that all plays out, but we know we're going to have some TBT games right here in Syracuse at the Onondaga Community College at the SRC Arena. Cool stuff there. Right now, we're going to go on the blind side. We're going to go places in a new Toyota from Burdick Toyota, Drivers Village in Cicero. The Toyota lineup has it all from the great fuel economy of the Corolla to the sheer power and towing capacity of the Toyota Tundra. Take advantage of great lease deals now at Burdick Toyota. BurdickToyota.com. Let's do it, baby. It's time for the blind side. Fire one ready, Commander. Is the ACC the best conference in the country? Yep. Now, Joe Giglio made a great point that it's very top-heavy. The bottom of the league's awful. But that's going to happen when you have 15 teams, isn't it? That's going to happen when you have 15 teams, and you've got six really good teams. Next level with kind of Syracuse and Virginia Tech, and then it bottoms out. There's a little bit of a middle-of-the-pack forming. I think Syracuse has two opponents that fit that. Boston College and Pittsburgh coming up. But, boy, Notre Dame's awful. Miami's awful. Uh, I don't think Boston College is good. I think they're bad. I think we'll find that out tomorrow. But it's one of those you shouldn't take too much for granted going on the road in the ACC until you see it. They are getting some players back, but they're also stat I brought up earlier. Outside of the top 100 in offensive and defensive efficiency, that's not good. But you look at the percentage that not only a team that's going to win the title comes out of the ACC, but two or three Final Four teams, it's the best league. Should Virginia be embarrassed? I don't know. Should they? I don't know. Joe said it earlier. They're playing embarrassed. If you find a moment that you're not going full bore, that you're not playing to capability, not being the team you should be, just think back to last year. And you play embarrassed, right? Now, Joe brought up a good point. Maybe that wasn't a 16 seed. They were missing a key player. Hunter being out was hard. Yeah. I think yes is the answer. <laughs> yes. Yes is the answer. Uh, but that's a, I think they have a better team now than that team that lost. What are you looking forward to the most about Bayheim's Army playing here? Just, you know, seeing the passion of Syracuse fans, and they'll want to go see something like that. They'll need a little bit of a basketball fix in July. What kind of roster they put together this year. I think we've kind of heard some of the same names, and I think you'll see some of the same names coming back. But can Belby, with a little home court advantage now, put together a roster that can get further into this thing? Who's the team that always wins this? It's it's overseas. Team. Overseas. Yeah. They've won it like four years in a row or I something, think so. right? So how much 
speaking of thinking about things and being motivated by them, how much are they thinking about putting together a team that can compete with them? So Carmelo, we're just saying, we know you donated $3 million to build the Carmelo K. Anthony Center, but if you'd like to help the cause to win $2 million, which you can keep part of and show you can still play the game, come on back to the Q's this summer. What do you say? Fair. Let's fill the SRC arena. I'm looking forward to it because it's always one of those things like you watch on TV, but you don't get to experience, and now Syracuse fans will get to get to experience it right, right in their own backyard. Why do people care what Pete Davidson says? They shouldn't. There's a lot of words I want to say right now, but many of them I, I can't on the radio. But look, now we've got uh, the district attorney. Yeah, I don't it's get like, it. Just, just can we stop. just all let this go? Can I read my favorite He's reaction? just a dweeb on Saturday Night Live. Wants to say things about Syracuse. Whatever, dude. I don't get it. Eh, who cares? In the words of your ex-girlfriend, thank you, next. <laughs> Can I read my favorite comment sure. that I saw? This is on the Please Facebook. Do. This was on the Facebook post for the Syracuse.com article about it. Right. So yeah. you can only imagine. You oh, you go cool. through Syracuse.com comments all the I've time, right? I've been in the comments. Uh, but this one, for some reason, was like the one that was up before I had to click into it. Like, in into any comments. There's shootings and stabbings here almost every night. Yeah, I'm sure you were their main priority. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, there's so much crime here, they don't care about it. Like, AKB, <laughs> skinny guy that smokes weed is in town. Be on the lookout. No, but I just thought it was funny that some, somebody's like, no, there's too much crime here to care about your crime. Like, you know, that I doesn't, wanted that doesn't to like help. this guy. Like, he's been very outspoken about it. He's got some mental health issues, and he did that cool thing with the... The, the the congressman who had after you know, he made fun of after him, he yeah. made fun of him the guy that has the patch on his eyes like okay that's cool and but you get to take shots at my town like that it just shows you how ignorant you are it just there's nothing to do and, and all these you know lazy narratives that people have about Syracuse thank you next all right last one Pete. why do, why do people make fake Twitter accounts and fake rumors because people are idiots people and people you, need attention. Think about how little you must have to do to do that. And people need things to do. Speaking of, there's like plenty of things to do in the world now. There's never been more things to do. That shouldn't be on your list. No. And how many of those are Kevin Durant's, by the way? I need to make fake I need to make fake Adam Schefter. I need to make up the fake Bryce Harbor signing. Did I need to make not up give the you enough attention. Fake and that's, Manny that's Machado why that bring up because a lot of people got fooled today by a fake account that said Bryce Harper to the Phillies. Yeah, exactly. Was happening. It's like, who are these people that get off on this? Check that an M is really an R and an N. Make sure everything's legit. Twitter is both the worst and the best thing to happen. It really is. To the world. On one hand, you have Steve Kerr retweeting onions from the article saying, I like this. On the other hand, you have fake stuff. Uh, Here to comment on that is uh, Stephen A. Smith. Nancy Pelosi, what's up? There you go. Back after this. Thank you. Bye-bye.